0: Six weeks ago, they were sure they had the dragon cornered in a ghetto in Sao Paulo. Then they'd blundered into a magical quagmire, a network of diabolical traps that had decimated Dorsey's team of assassins and left the council empty-handed. Three wizards dead, and they were no closer to finding him than before. Dorsey recognized his handiwork, the elegant simplicity of the charms and devices, The wizard might as well have scrawled his signature all over it. Most recently, the dragon had freed a dozen sorcerers from a stronghold in Wales. That had been triply infuriating because it had been Dorsey's own project. Dorsey had hoped that, given enough pressure, the sorcerers might rediscover some of the secrets of the magical weapons of the past. They found no photographs in the flat, no personal items that might have provided a clue to who the tenant had been. Dorsay was disappointed though not surprised he was confident he knew the dragon's identity in any case he wasn't fussy about being right but this was no rat to be caught in an ordinary trap dorsay was uncomfortable with this kind of operation anyway he was a strategist not an assassin he was present only because of the power of their adversary and the need for discretion It was what you might call an unauthorized operation outside of the purview of the council. Why would a wizard involve himself in a rebellion of the lesser magical guilds? What could he possibly have to gain? Twenty minutes later, Whitehead returned to the kitchen carrying a manila folder. I found this between the filing cabinet and the wall. She handed it to Dorsey. He probably didn't realize it was back there. D'Orsay paged through the contents of the folder letters and copies of emails to and from a law firm in London relating to the guardianship of a minor. There was also correspondence with a private school in Scotland regarding housing, tuition, and financial arrangements for the same. All of it was at least two years old. The student's name was Joseph Macaulay. Dorsay frowned. The name didn't bring to mind any of the dragon's known or suspected associates. He couldn't relate it to any of the Weir families, either, though it would be more reliable to check the databases. Through the centuries, genealogy had enabled the wizard houses to find warriors when they needed them, to hunt those who carried the gift and didn't know it. Computers only made the process more efficient. What could be the connection between this boy and the dragon? Possibly none. But D'Orsay's instincts told him different. What else would explain the presence of material so personal in the midst of the enemy camp? And why was a law firm handling this kind of routine correspondence? Unless the intent was to hide a relationship that might prove to be a vulnerability. D'Orsay smiled. That would be too good to be true. This was worth spending a little time on. By now, the others were returning from the kitchen. He finished his cider and handed the folder to Whitehead. Find this boy for me, Nora. Contact the school mentioned in the letters and find out if he's still there. See if you can get any information from the law firm about who engaged them. He thought a moment, stroking his chin. Check with the General Register office also. Look for a birth registry baptismal papers, anything at all. If you don't find any British records, try overseas. See if he's in any of the weird databases, but be discreet. They left the building a half hour after they had arrived, leaving a few traps behind in the unlikely event the dragon returned. At least they may have driven the dragon underground for a time. Any delay was to their benefit. By the time he got back into business... It might be too late for him. Perhaps by then, they would have another card to play. Chapter One Toronto The August heat had persisted deep into the night. Thunder growled out over Lake Ontario, threatening a downpour. When Seth walked into the warehouse a little after 2 a.m., it felt like he had blundered into an urban rainforest. He sucked in the